Welcome to MBA Podcaster, the only broadcast source for cutting-edge information and advice on the MBA application process. I'm Heidi Pickman. Let's say you're a dozen years out of school. You have a good job that's challenging and gives you lots of responsibility, but you feel like you need something to get you to the next level in your career. Or maybe you're an entrepreneur who has a great idea for a company but needs some help to develop your plan and ensure it works. You like your job, and it's been years since you've been in school, so you wonder if business school is the right thing to do. You might want to consider an executive MBA, usually referred to as EMBA. Whether you are full-time, part-time, or in the executive program, you earn the same degree. An MBA is an MBA degree. Where you are in life usually determines which program is appropriate. And for someone who has an established career with a decade or so of experience, an EMBA program is a good choice. EMBA programs vary on the structure and length, but they usually come in some kind of combination of weekend programs with a period of intensive study. And many recruiters prefer part-time and executive MBA students because of the work students put into their programs and the balancing act that they've done. On today's show, we bring you reflections from students who are currently balancing work, school, and more. How do they do it? Do they get the same opportunities as regular full-time MBA students? If you're only there on weekends, what's the faculty interaction like? Is there any synergy between school and work? Matthew Cooper is enrolled in the Berkeley Columbia program and eagerly addresses the last question. He started a bioinformatics company called PsyOps with a couple of friends from Stanford, and he couldn't agree more that there are many practical applications of his EMBA program in his workplace. I've done now four class projects directly on the business that I've started, and a lot of those projects provided me with the rationale and the confidence and the sales pitch that got me funded last quarter when nobody else was getting funded. Uh, a lot of those, those projects provided that background and experience in order to get that done. So um, in terms of applicability, it's, <laughs> it's scary how applicable it is. He elaborates with several specific examples. One was uh, leading and managing organizations where we uh, examined, we did a project where we examined Actually, because of confidentiality, I can't disclose the two organizations. But let's say a large Swiss pharmaceutical company's acquisition of a large South San Francisco biotech company. And the potential cultural implications that can ensue. Uh, Let's see, another one that we just uh, turned in was for a strategic management class, basically defining the corporate strategy that uh, my new business is is following. Uh, We shared with them our corporate strategy, my vision for the company, and I had the pleasure of my uh, classmates uh, analyzing it. Cooper is in good company. Ravi Malella manages equity capital for Wells Fargo. He is an EMBA student at UCLA's Anderson School of Management, class of 2011. His classwork turned into huge bottom line benefits for his company. We had a course on statistics. And um, I deal with the regulatory agencies, Federal Reserve, OCC. Based on the information that I, could, that I, that I worked through during the course, in the fall semester, fall quarter, um, and also engaging with the professor, I developed a technique that essentially lowered our capital um, that we were holding for the bank from uh, from a calculation that we were holding at 10% uh, to 15%. And that benefit, that 5% benefit, translates to about $5 billion in capital that the bank can use to fund loans, and, and fund new acquisition uh, 
opportunities. So it's real. I mean, when you're in there and you're engaging with the professors, you can take whatever you're learning at that time and expand it significantly, and it comes back and it impacts your organization in a real way. So work and school can be perfect complements to each other. You can definitely make the case for your boss to let you off work on a Thursday or Friday, or even pay for your tuition if she or he knows that what you learn in an EMBA program is going to help the company. And it's not unheard of when someone gets promoted while still going to school. Most schools have tracks, like an entrepreneurial track, a finance track, and a marketing track. You'll want to pick a school that's a good fit depending on what you want to do and the culture. Brian Carroll is a new product program manager at Cisco while studying for his EMBA degree at UCLA's Anderson School of Management. He says that at UCLA, students are not limited to just EMBA courses and can take a range of classes from other programs no matter what they want to concentrate on. I came to Anderson mostly because I wanted to, to focus on entrepreneurship and that's it's a big focus at, at Anderson and I wanted to take advantage of the outstanding faculty that we have in that area and I've been able to take classes in the full-time program. Um, I've taken classes in the FEMBA, the uh, part-time program at, at Anderson, and the executive MBA program. And I've been able to tailor my degree to, to the specialty areas that, that, are, that are important to me. And, and two of the areas that, that have been important to me have been sustainable management and um, entrepreneurship. And I, I've been able to study under leaders. For example, one of my professors in my green energy entrepreneurship class um, is actually a, a VC at Coastal Ventures, which is one of the top VC firms in the Bay Area uh, for, for sustainable technology. I've also worked with Jeff Scheinrock, who's, who was actually the first CFO at Packard Bell. So I've, I've been able to, to, to work with outstanding faculty members in, in all three um, programs. I've been able to tailor my degree to the uh, specialty areas that, that like, as I said, were, were most important to me. You may wonder if the relationship between faculty and students is as good in the EMBA program as it is in the full-time program. Do EMBA students get the same faculty attention and opportunities for mentorship as full-time students? As Carol alluded to, and the students I spoke with backed him up, EMBA students seem to get more attention and very specific help. Annie Fan, a recent Wharton undergraduate, works as a head fund trader and attends the Wharton West program. She says the faculty is very involved with the students. One of our students actually was looking to start his own hedge fund. He was an exemplary student, and he, actually one of the professors put him in touch with people who are interested in seeding capital. Uh, the professor is very open. The professor was able to put him in touch with uh, the right people to make those connections. So on top of just professors being very willing to address any type of student's career concerns, they also go above and beyond. They actually offer their time, they actually offer their services, and as well as their personal contact to help um, the student progress. George Malinsky, a recent graduate of Berkeley, Columbia, and the chief financial officer of Vapor Inc., says that there are many opportunities to work with professors. One is uh, independent study. So I took an independent study with an entrepreneur professor and he was helping me with my business and, and growing that business and putting together the business plan and connecting me with VCs, et cetera. Um, I continue after graduating working with professors at Berkeley um, and uh, in, in the same areas of Leicester Center in the entrepreneurship. And I know some of my classmates are dealing with um, finance professors and what have you. So the opportunities there, um, since Berkeley's right here, it's pretty easy to reach out to those professors. Um, 
I have two professors working at the company that I work at that are from the Berkeley Columbia program. So um, I think they're pretty involved. And the Berkeley Columbia program has a beloved professor that is very involved with the students. Steve Blank um, was a professor of ours. He was um, uh, the founder of Epiphany, and, um, and he's very involved in um, a certain kind of entrepreneurship where it involves in iteration, and, and, um, and he stays involved. He, in fact, at the very end of the program, we all go to his house, uh, which is quite a nice house since he sold Epiphany. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, impressive. But um, at any rate, it, it, he's another person at the program that's very involved in, in reaching out to students and keeping in touch. As, as long as you, he knows you from class, he'll keep in touch with you. And, and, and that kind of experience and ties is what I really came for, for uh, the, the program for. So it, it was, it's perfect to have those kind of professors being involved constantly. Bavik Josie, a fellow Berkeley Columbia alum, gave another example. Uh, we also have the Venture Capital Investment Competition, which is a phenomenal uh, experience for me personally. I led a team of uh, five from my class. I'm a graduate of the Berkeley Columbia Executive MBA program, class of 08-09. And uh, we got to participate in this competition where we are VCs, and we had to evaluate startups, uh, pitches uh, from entrepreneurs. So we had an opportunity to be on the other side. And we were judged by real VCs. So actually, it was a great, great experience uh, right before taking the entrepreneurship class. So uh, we got a lot of mentorship from Professor Steve Blank. He's phenomenal. And we all love him. And uh, not only for uh, if you have a startup, but for me, I worked for a startup. And he helped me connect with his uh, very successful uh, past students in uh, bringing some of the experience uh, and, and speakers that I was looking for uh, to come to, to meet with our management team at my startup. So uh, those are the kind of things that professors go out of the way to do outside of class. And it's been a, it was a fantastic experience. Joshi's professors helped put him in touch with venture capitalists that funded his company. He works as the global operations manager of infrastructure for Better Place, which aims to reduce global dependency on oil through the creation of a private system of clean energy-based transportation. Brian Carroll of UCLA points out that entrepreneurship, mentorship, and deep faculty involvement go hand-in-hand hand down south in California as well as up north. I've gotten involved with uh, a multidisciplinary program called uh, TIP, which is a technology incubation program at UCLA. And this is a multidisciplinary program that involves engineering students, life science students, lawyers, and business school students. They, they are gathered in one seminar and basically the whole notion behind this is that you're taking intellectual property that the, that the uh, um, research departments at, at, uh, at uh, UCLA are de developing and actually creating commercialization strategies for the IP. Um, another thing, too, is uh, um, Professor Dan Nathanson at UCLA is a renowned uh, entrepreneurship professor. He actually holds a, uh, a weekly um, entrepreneurship roundtable in which students can gather and, and actually develop their ideas um, that they have for new ventures. And Professor Nathanson will actually coach them in actually helping to, to develop and take it to the next level. To give an example of a classmate of mine, um, he actually took his um, new venture to the Rice Business Plan Competition and won the Clean Tech Competition, got $140,000 from uh, Waste Management. 
um, and was able. To, he's now in a position where he's able to to take his new venture to to the next level. And and so those are two great examples that I've seen so far at Anderson. So EMBA students can have great experiences, do great things at work. What about their outside lives? As if work and school weren't enough, some students choose not to limit themselves to schools in their immediate geographic location. Here's Ravi Malella, who compares his daily commute to work in San Francisco to his commute to school in Los Angeles. I've got to drive from my house over to the BART station. I've got to pass three schools along the way. Um, that can be that can either take me 15 minutes or it can take me 45 minutes. I've got to park at the BART station. I've got to go another 10 minutes walk to the BART, wait for the BART, get the BART, get off the BART, walk down to walk down to California and Sansom, and uh, and get up the stairs obviously and uh, uh, get to work because um, I'm already an hour late. Um, that experience is significantly worse than the experience heading into LA. It is a straightforward, straight shot. It, you know, um, it's an hour flight down, and it's about a 20-minute cab ride. And most of that time, you're not worrying about any of the things that I just mentioned to you in your commute. So um, I would say it's an enjoyable experience. That enjoyable experience can be a chance to network, too. You meet up with your classmates. You get a chance to talk to them along the way um, and commiserate on your usual commuting stories. And... Um, you know, L.A.'s uh, just a great place to, to, to go to school. You know, I've been in the Bay Area for 22 years, and, you know, uh, my heart was broken when Kirk Gibson hit that home run, you know. Um, and that was my vision of L.A., you know. It's this awful place that robbed the Oakland A's of a, of a World Series ring. Um, but when you get there, it is just a wonderful experience. Everything is really easy. Everything's focused on you performing. Um, to the best of your abilities and experiencing as much as you can during that short time. And we all, uh, from the Bay Area, um, we leave at 5 o'clock on Saturday, and I'm literally home early enough to tuck in my kids at night on Saturday night. For Malella, commuting to school is actually relaxing. This opened opportunities for him for graduate school beyond his immediate geographic location. School often takes place on the weekends, which helps too. He's able to concentrate entirely on school when he's there, and when he's not, he can participate in his family life. Sanal Sinha manages risk compliance at Visa in their legal department and attends the Berkeley Columbia EMBA program. As if that isn't enough responsibility for one person, she has two children. So what does she have to say about balance? I'm not going to stand up here and say it's going to be really easy <laughs> because then I wouldn't be uh, being, uh, being very honest and fair. It is, uh, it is challenging at times. However, I think most of the challenges in planning, as long as you plan very well, and I mean plan way before the program starts, so make arrangements to, you know, uh, to be able to do things that, that are important to you, whether they be family or running marathons or you know, climbing mountains, whatever, whatever your interests lie in. And uh, if you can organize your life in such a way that you can manage that and be, um, put things on people's calendar, like I put my entire two-year, 19-month uh, schedule for the Berkeley Columbia program on my entire team's calendar from day one. So they knew when I was going to be out of the office and they knew when I was in the office, and when I'm there, I'm there, 100%. But when I'm gone, I, I, I really try to be, um, be available, but be, be outside. So it is, uh, it's manageable, it's doable, but you have to plan for it, and that's almost getting you 99% through. 
Sinha says some weeks or semesters are easier to handle than others. It depends on the classes you're taking. It depends on your, uh, your experience with that subject matter. For example, there were some areas where I felt that I didn't have as much of professional work experience that I had to put in more time to understand the materials and maybe more time just catching up to some people who worked in that field, for example. So it would really depend. I mean, um, on an average, and I think my classmates can, can kind of speak to it, it can range anywhere between you know, 10, 15, 20 hours onwards per week. But that again, that depends. Uh, I, we just got done with our finals for term three. And I have to say, I have I probably put in like less than two hours this week. <laughs> so I, I hope that helps. <laughs> and I hope this podcast helps give you the insider's view of the executive MBA and guide you with your decision on whether or not an EMBA program is right for you. To learn more about executive MBAs, tune into EMBA Admissions Panel, Debunking Myths and Understanding the EMBA, a live panel discussion with deans from the EMBA programs at Berkeley Columbia, UCLA Anderson School of Management, and Wharton San Francisco. They discuss their programs as well as potential misconceptions about EMBA programs, like you get a reduced workload or EMBA students do not intend to change jobs or careers, as well as get tips for a successful application. For more MBA information, a transcript of the show, or to register for your bi-weekly MBA podcast, visit mbapodcaster.com. Join us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube to get the latest news and insight into the world of business school. This is MBA Podcaster. I'm Heidi Pickman. Thank you for listening, and be sure to tune in next time when we explore another topic of interest in your quest for an MBA.